Today's stories. Former New York cannabis policymaker is FDA's new cannabis research and regulation advisor. How do the congressional candidates stand on cannabis reform? Legacy farmers still being kept out of the legal market. Illicit cannabis operations using front companies, according to intelligence agency. Hi there, this is Neil with today's episode of Cannabis Daily. Before we get into today's stories, we've got a job of the week from Cannabis at Work, looking for a chief financial officer to work on site in the eastern greater Toronto area. Now, if that sounds like you, go find the link in the show notes. Now, let's get into today's stories. Our first story, and the FDA has appointed Norman Birenbaum to be its senior public health advisor on cannabis research and regulatory actions, according to reports in Benzinga. This is the first time the FDA has hired a cannabis research and regulation advisor. Benzinga highlights that the appointment of Birenbaum, former New York State Cannabis Program Director, signals more FDA action and involvement in cannabis matters. Birenbaum previously served on the staff of Senator Elizabeth Warren. We are a country that honors its promises. And was a chief cannabis policy advisor to governors of New York and Rhode Island, leading the cannabis regulation agencies in both states. Our second story. So how do the congressional candidates stand on cannabis reform? Well, Brookings has coded each candidate on a four-point scale. Whether they supported legalization or decriminalization of cannabis, whether they supported medical legislation only, whether they supported medical legalization only, whether their position was complex or indecipherable, and whether they failed to mention the issue at all. As state legislatures and voters via referendums have enacted changes to cannabis laws, the issue has become more popular even in the halls of Congress. However, cannabis reform advocates frequent stupefaction and the lack of progress at the federal level bumps up against the stark reality. Most candidates for federal office do not see cannabis as an issue prominent enough to discuss, and deep partisan differences still remain among elected officials, even as support for cannabis in the general public has exploded in recent years. Our third story now. Even after nearly four years of legalization, small growers say the government hasn't done enough to make the cannabis market more accessible, according to reports in the National Post. It highlights that craft growers agree the government isn't doing enough to make the market more accessible, particularly when supplanting the black market was a key plank in the Trudeau Liberals' cannabis legalization plans even before forming government in 2015. If they really wanted to get rid of the black market, they would have more support for growers to transition, stated Tara Kirkpatrick, one of BC's legacy craft cannabis growers. Before we get into our final story, it's time for my daily nag. Have you followed this show in your favorite podcast app yet? If you haven't, make today the day you do so. Look out for a button marked follow and click it, will you? We really appreciate it. That way you'll never miss a future episode. Our final story, and Canada's Financial Intelligence Agency says a wide range of businesses, from food wholesalers to electronics repair services, are being used to disguise the proceeds of illicit cannabis operations, according to reports in CP24. In a new operational alert, the Financial Transactions and Reports Analysis Centre of Canada, known as FinTrack, 
warns banks and others that handle cash to be on the lookout for various clues that dealings are linked to the black market cannabis trade. Front companies used most frequently to launder proceeds included e-commerce businesses in the beauty and wellness industry, food and beverage wholesalers, automotive-related businesses, electronics repairs services, construction-related firms, and those in marketing, advertising, and consulting. Those are the stories we're watching today. Join 12,000 others and catch all these stories and more in your inbox every day at 7 a.m. with our Cannabis Daily Newsletter. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Cannabis Daily.